0: The first like three to four years of the agency, I I say this as a joke, but I think that we were not operating as like business people. Like we didn't become business people until like year four, year five of the agency.
1: Hey, what's up everyone. Welcome back to going deep with Aaron Watson. I've got a great guest today. Mike Cleary is the founder. Mike Cleary is the co-founder and the CEO of humor, a web design agency with offices in both New York and Pittsburgh. In this conversation, we talk about how he started the company in New York, why he decided to open a second office in Pittsburgh, and how he's managed to grow that agency into multiple millions of dollars worth of revenue by being consistent and ruthless in the implementation of systems. I am so inspired by his story. I've learned a lot both in this interview and in other personal one-to-one conversations from Mike. And I think that you're gonna take a lot away from this as well, particularly if you are in the early stages of starting your own business. Here is my conversation with Mike Cleary. You're listening to
0: Going Deep with Aaron Watson.
1: Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I'm excited to be talking with you.
0: Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to being on one of these. I always see them.
1: Yeah. Um, And and we had the chance to connect in person before all this craziness. Um, It was very apparent that you had not only a lot of success, but a lot of thoughts about constructing an agency, and also you know part of the reason that you moved it from New York to Pittsburgh, but before we kind of get into all the weeds and details, let's just talk a little bit about what your current uh, company does humor the you know the type of services you provide, and what that all looks like.
0: Sure, yeah, so we are a web design and UX agency, and we essentially work with brands to help them situate their digital platforms to a point where they can grow um, and that's e-commerce driven like lead generation b2b driven just engagement driven and it spans across a lot of industries but the primary thing we do is more like website design and development and like branding type work
1: and the thing just going to your website or you know some of the kind of case studies that you guys have built out on the site is there's there's websites where you you see it and you're like I've seen that before or like it's somewhat templated right like at the lowest levels of you know Squarespace or kind of the the low end of web development there's you know more of like let's just get the 80 20 of like what every website needs and you guys are really pushing into some like very I don't don't know if opinionated design is the right word but like like a kind of very distinct like there's Mm -hmm. something tangible different which is you know hard to do in a digital environment it's not like you're working with like some sort of physical material
0: yeah well so what we end up trying to do is it's a lot of like user behavior driven and like science driven and we view digital as an alternative form of communication so if we can identify like what makes brands tick and their customer base what they care about like what are their differentiators and we can create an experience around delivering a specific message to a specific audience and segment that out, we're able to create something in a way that just resonates more and gets people to perform specific actions. So on the e-commerce side, it's not always about a purchase. It could be education driven. It could be uh, email driven where we're trying to nurture a little bit more, trying to get them to talk about an experience a little bit more there's like a whole spectrum of types of things that we target, but we're definitely more advanced in terms of this is what we want to influence people to do and how we want them to feel and their overall experience. Some of the platforms we talked about earlier make it easier to do like the technology portion of it to where you can allocate more time and efforts on the strategy portion, But technology has definitely evolved in the last 10 years to a point where you can take advantage of a lot of different things that you weren't originally able to.
1: So let's talk, let's go back in time a little bit and then we'll work our way forward in terms of starting this thing. Like what opportunities you see or or gave you the kind of catalyst to start your own agency?
0: So I went to school for art with art and design with my business partner and we're both just really interested in digital and how things are being done and just being able to influence people on a little bit of a larger scale we actually were freelancing we both had jobs and we got our very first client because we didn't know how to like we didn't know anything about like acquiring clients or who to talk to or anything like that. we were just like a couple of college grads. Like, Hey, we want to, we want to try to jump into this. Our very first client was a, uh, a Craigslist fund that we met in Panera a bunch of times. Um, that was our, our meeting place was Panera. And then he knew someone at this other company And then we met with them. And then we were like, all right, this seems like this could be a thing. Uh, Looking back at it, like we probably jumped like super early into the quitting our jobs to do this, but uh, we really enjoyed it. And we were definitely up for the challenge and we were like, Hey, this is a, life experience that in a very short window of time is going to teach us so many things we're going to experience so many things so we kind of just made the leap and from that we just started to get more clients and hire people and it just kind of snowballed from there but yeah it's interesting
1: and two of the things on your site from like a e-commerce standpoint is you'll talk about integrating with Shopify and, and using WordPress. Now WordPress is you know, well known on, on, for power on so many different websites. Was WordPress what you were operating on back then, or how has that changed?
0: So we weren't doing WordPress sites back then. Back then there was a lot of like custom coded websites, like the content management system lane of things wasn't as developed. We were doing Magento sites and um, we did do some Shopify work way back when, but we weren't really doing like larger scale sites when we first started. Like we did like a restaurant website. Uh, like we, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the people that we're working with today, like the, the level of involvement and scope of things and just what's focused on has like vastly evolved over time due to just our experience and understanding towards things and also just how technology has evolved.
1: Makes sense. And in terms of like the kind of ramping up, you know, I, I remember there's so many parallels to my story. We started in Panera too with Piper, um, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, taking meetings there, we didn't have an office space or anything. And, um, similarly, there's a degree to which you get some reps under your belt, you know how to deliver a more professional experience, but there's also like a, a psychological hurdle that just keeps coming up if you're going to raise your prices. So like, can you kind of talk about that experience of like, you know, you find a guy on Craigslist and you throw mm-hmm. a website together and like what that looked like is the type of scale that you're at now?
0: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure our very first client us like $400 to do something for him. I think that for the first maybe like two years, we weren't operating as a business, I would say. We had a skill and we were somehow getting people to pay us to do this thing. I don't think we understood the impact of how what we were doing was with brands. We weren't doing process driven things as much. We didn't have like a sales process or anything like that. And I think that as we continued to do these things, we realized how important it is to look at KPIs, plan out like personas and journeys and be able to do things that actually impacted people rather than just, make something look nicer. Like that's kind of a red flag when people reach out to us and they're like, we just want it to look nicer at this point because we're like, all right, like if you're not talking about like KPIs and the things that you're trying to do with this, um, like it's just it's just super different.
1: So is that like the type of client that you wouldn't even necessarily take or, or what happens
0: there if that's a red flag? Uh, we just ask the questions and see how they respond to it we're in a very fortunate position to where we have a lot of interest from a lot of different sizes of companies. And I think the, there's a little bit of a discrepancy between education in the space, between who works on these projects on the client side and who reaches out to us. Like we can have a CEO or director of marketing or e-commerce reach out to us. And then we can also have like an IT specialist or like, graphic designer or like an assistant to the president who's just like i'm just note taking whatever you tell me and i'm i just have this budget so we we try to in any in any interaction with a lead we try to give them some form of value even if it isn't a good fit for us just through our process whether that's educating them or not We have resources on our website where you can go and download a redesign worksheet and be like, Hey, these are some of the things that you should like focus on. This is how much you should allocate towards budget based off of like, you know, insert company criteria. So we are trying to like influence things a little bit more and just educate people, but it's pretty different. And we have Fortune 500 brands reach out to us through our website. And then we have like the yoga studio, So it's, it's a very different thing there.
1: Absolutely. So you talked about those first two years, not really operating like a business. You need to implement processes. You need to do these other things. When did you make your first hire and what did you make your
0: first hire uh, to fulfill? Sure. So we made our, so we did subcontracting for a little bit. I think maybe like two months in, we contracted a developer that we knew and I think we had, like, three three contractors. We were working out of Jeff's basement, my business partner. This, like, unfinished basement out in Suffolk County in New York. And then we were like, all right, after, like, a few months, we are like, we need an office. Like We need to, like, hire people because we recognized that it was beneficial for us to just communicate better and meet with clients because we couldn't be meeting with them in Panera all the time. So, um, we hired, or we, we found an office space and we signed a single year lease. And then we hired like eight people. And in like nine months, we were like, okay, we can't be in here anymore. <laughs> we need to, we need to move to a different office space. And then we moved again after that, which ended up being our space for the next five years.
1: And then after that, you, you moved to Pittsburgh.
0: So we, uh, I don't want to say we necessarily moved to Pittsburgh. We found that As we continued to scale in New York, the price point that we were operating at had to change. It elevated a little bit. And therefore, the competition that we were facing were like 100 person plus agencies on these big projects. And the companies that we enjoyed working with were, it was very difficult for us to make a profit and still charge like what we were originally charging. So we were opened up a second office and we started to hire some more production people over there so we can reduce costs a little bit. At this point, we do have a majority of our team out of our Pittsburgh location, but it was purely, we figured out a team configuration that was effective to provide the product that we wanted to provide and a price point that we were executing very well in and how we were going to meet that because we didn't want to just reduce pricing in New York. And then have less people on the project because then the quality of it would be less. So my business partner went through this whole like year process where he like researched a bunch of cities, all the different like costs, like growth and technology. Like he really spearheaded that and Pittsburgh was one of those places where there's like a really good tech community here. The school programs are nice. It's 42% cheaper to live in pittsburgh than in new york city and we had like five people move from new york they were like i could keep my new york salary and go live in pittsburgh and we were like yes and they were like okay we're gonna do that wow. and then we just hired people we have i would say that we haven't even necessarily tried to like focus on hiring people from pittsburgh a lot of our team is just had been very interested in Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh is one of those gems where if you've been there, you like love it. And if you haven't been there, you're like, what is Pittsburgh? So we've had a lot of people move from our team just to Pittsburgh from like different parts of the U S and have like really enjoyed it. It's a really cool city.
1: And you basically did like your own version of the Amazon HQ two thing.
0: Yeah, It, it was, I think it was an important move for us especially because of like what's going on with the current like pandemic but even in when our office was in Long Island before we had an office in Manhattan we had um, one of our hurdles aside from our age uh, because people would like meet with me and be like you look very young and uh, that was kind of like a, a thing that was like a a negative for some people, people in Manhattan didn't like working with companies in Long Island because they felt that they were like inferior somehow from like the agency world, which doesn't really have any validity, but it was just a thing. So we were, we were a little bit concerned about moving production and opening up the second office in Pittsburgh and just like perception shifts. And some people like, don't care. Like we have clients in Manhattan where our office is literally six blocks from them and they never want to meet with us in person. And then we have people that are in like different parts of the US that are like, we must meet with you in person all the time. So it's a very interesting shift. I feel like people's mindset is very cyclical, but I think the pandemic has definitely made it so that people are kind of forced to operate remotely and just be okay with that. And I feel like it was more of like a comfort thing. A lot of people have been like very comfortable with just sitting in a room with people. Meanwhile, we're video chatting right now, but we're having the same interaction as we would if we were sitting across the table from each other.
1: And not only that, but I just think, you know, the norms of whether it's, you know, a New York firm thinking like something about a firm being in Long Island or just the, you know, the prestige or the history or the inertia of like working with a Madison Avenue agency versus an agency located on any other street is the type of thing that, you know, can shift slowly and then shift quickly all at once. And I'm sure they'll they'll continue to have clients in some way, shape, or form. But in an environment here where everyone's budget is being slashed, Um, you know, certain industries just like devastatingly slip. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a forcing function for, you know, the, the wool to come off the eyes and people to actually look around and and see where a great deal can happen.
0: A hundred percent. And there's also a cycle with working with a full service agency versus a very like specialized agency. And I feel like this applies to a lot of things, but when we first started, a lot of companies wanted to work with that like larger agency that did everything. I think it's to them, it seems uh, like easier to like trust them because there's such like a trust factor and like making that type of investment to where now companies are like very comfortable with like specialized agencies because it is very difficult to be really good at media and advertising, at community-driven social, at email, at web design, at development, at UX. Like There's so many different layers to everything that all communicate with each other and are all really important to where um, if you are working with a specialized agency that is able to communicate with other agencies, you're actually able to get a better product and in my opinion, it's a little bit like a, the lower risk that way.
1: Yeah. Because at, at the very least, if you're coming to someone, coming to an agency that like positions itself as that specialist in whatever realm, it's like, at least you know that the reviews that they may have, or, you know, you, you talk to a, another client or someone testimonial or whoever's the refer, you know, that they're actually speaking in reference to the thing that you would hire them for versus mm-hmm. some sort of like opaque. Well, they mm-hmm. helped me over here on the left and we're going over on the right and not necessarily able to translate that in action
0: yeah well i i feel like when i talk to companies and they're looking to like leave a full service agency there's like one thing that the agency isn't good at and there's other things that they are good at and they feel that they have to like move from the agency entirely because they think that the relationship is going to be tarnished so it's, it's a back and forth. I think it just depends on like the organizational structure of the company, like what kind of company it is. Like we work with like B2B companies that are like 50 year old brands that are very like old school. And then we work with companies that are just born from e-commerce. Like they've never had a storefront before. They have like five people and they're just like moving millions of dollars of products through their website. And just that's how they live. Uh, it's super interesting.
1: It seems like that's also exceptionally high stakes. Like when you're doing that build and getting it ready for prime time, like if, if that is the volume of business that they're doing and that switchover needs to be made, like, is that, is that ever like nerve inducing or, 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 you know, stressful?
0: I don't think so. I think it also depends on the client, but we have like a very specific process in place to ensure that whenever there's like a switch over of things we're like duplicating the website putting it on a subdomain and like collecting transactions during like a DNS switch so that they're not missing out on anything plus i think that the more companies go through this process the more comfortable they are with certain things but they also don't always need to switch like cms or e-commerce platforms through this process either but we have we set up like multiple staging environments in everything that we do so whenever actually developing things on a live site and we have like versioning and like upstream and it's very it's as it's as close as error proof as we can get it and if there is an error we can like very quickly just revert something
1: So one thing that has always impressed me like every time we've talked is how committed and kind of oriented and focused you are on the systems of your business and like every every element of it is a system and if it's not systematized it needs to get systematized so that it can kind of everything can run more smoothly can you talk about the process of adopting that philosophy and how that's kind of become your role at humor like from the early days where it was the two of you you know kind of doing everything slapdash to now
0: mm-hmm. So my business partner is actually like the process driven one. So a lot of this stems from him, but it just comes from experience. If you have something happen and it doesn't go according to plan or you just do research, like the internet is so powerful. Like if you're noticing that you're going over on timeline on projects and you situate meetings afterwards to just figure out from like the client side, your team side, and like your PM side, like why things happened. It could be like a scheduling thing. So then you start to look into different scheduling applications or task management programs and things that track time and how you're scoping things. And it's always like, it's like the contract thing. Like every pro- provision in a contract that you have is from some past experience that you've had that you don't want to occur again. So I think that before we started to implement and really focus on processes, I think that we weren't reaching our full potential in terms of like operating as a business. And I also just to like add to that, one of the things that really helped us was making friends with other agency owners and just being comfortable, just, being super tight with competitors of yours and just asking questions and really just having like open, honest conversations about like struggles that they have, struggles that you have, like actually sharing internal documents, like that stuff has been super helpful. But there's usually so many good pieces of technology stem from issues that someone is having along the way or someone's not satisfied with something. And you can usually find that and take advantage of it. And it's really helpful in terms of accomplishing a lot of the things that you're trying to accomplish.
1: Was there like a catalytic moment where you woke up and realized that those systems needed to be implemented? Like it almost sounded like the way you said it. There's like a before and after type of yeah. moment.
0: I think that. So there was two things. <clears throat> one of them was we realized that one of our clients was supplying like 75% of the agency's revenue and we didn't have a sales process in place. All I was doing was focusing on getting this one client to give us more revenue. And then when we started to talk to other companies because of marketing efforts, it was super hard to keep track of things in spreadsheets. And I was like not following up with people <clears throat> and it wasn't even my fault per se. It was just like too many things were going on and it just slips through the tr- cracks. And then you take a look at things like HubSpot and Pipe Drive and other like sales CRM tools. And there's reminders and you can send like scheduled emails and you can start to reap some of the benefits from some of those opportunities that present themselves. Um, so that was one of them. <clears throat> and I think um, we, uh, in our first like, three to four years I would say our client retention wasn't where we wanted it to be and we wanted to figure out why and it was the way that we were managing our team and the things that we were focusing on so we started to look into task management programs and we kind of bounced around with a lot of those to try to figure out what was going to work best and then we also were taking a look at like our hiring processes because we wanted to have like the best team So we were like, all right, how do we figure out how good an employee is going to be before they join the team? And then there's different softwares that you can do like development tests for and like things like that. So I think it was just, we started to really analyze the business and all the areas where we felt we could improve. And I definitely feel like the first like three the first like three to four years of the agency, I st- I say this as a joke, but I think that we were not operating as like business people. Like we didn't become business people until like year four, year five of the agency. Um, and my business partner will definitely say the same thing. Even if you ask him without him saying this, but it's, it's definitely an evolution. Like we were super young when we started the agency and we didn't have any experience with anything from like a business standpoint.
1: Was, was there a moment where you like kind of looked around like, oh, we are business people. Like, like when, when did you come to that realization? What, did, what were you seeing or what were you experiencing that kind of made that apparent?
0: After we started really planning things and then accomplishing all the things that we planned is when we were like, oh, <laughs> we can do this now. <clears throat> and you always want to make sure. I actually remember, so we we have a friend that moved to Chicago that we visit like three times a year. And we always do like an offsite and we plan out for like the following year. And there was one year where we were both nervous at like the numbers that we put. We were like, I don't know, like, is this too much? Like, um, and we smashed that the next year. So we were like, all right, we got this. Like our planning is working. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. We've had it in very, very kind of small ways, but every time that's something that was born in like a brainstorm between me and Hannah is manifested in like the actions of someone else in our team, whether it's like them talking about our culture or like some, you know, goal or milestone being hit, but like we weren't really the ones primarily doing the work on it. That is, it's hard to really like put into words what that feeling is like, Mm -hmm. but it's really freaking cool.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, you, uh, I think as a business owner just like an entrepreneur in general, everything is uncomfortable all the time. And I think that when you first start out, you feel like you have to do everything. And then when you start to put systems in place and you have employees and you plan things and things go the way that they're supposed to be planned, it just it's the best feeling. That being said... Whenever something goes well, something else that wasn't going well or something that was already going well decides to not go well. It's just like, it's like a -a whack-a-mole situation and it's like a constant learning experience and the more uncomfortable you can be, the more uncomfortable you are and kind of dedicated to solving things, the better off you are and the more personal like reward you feel from that.
1: And, and I don't mean to brush over any of the kind of like uh, hurdles or bumps and, and bruises along the way that you've had, but my take as someone who is, you know, also running an agency that is, you know, less mature, less, uh, you know, at a, at a lesser scale than yours, it, the thing that I always come back to every time I talk with you is this kind of instinct or, or the appearance that because of your commitment to those systems, it turns it from being like this really kind of stressful you know, stress-inducing teeter-totter, which is what a lot of, you know, small, medium, and large agencies can be Mm -hmm. if, like, one person's kind of holding all the strings. I never really get the sense that that is the experience of running humor these days. It it may have been in the past, and maybe you're just, like, you know, cool as a cucumber on the exterior and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, boiling on the inside. But that's always the kind of perception that I have is there's this trope of, like, you know, the agency is, you know, this very you know, it's human powered. So it's moving all over the place and it never yeah. seems like that's really the case with with you and what you're doing.
0: Well, I think when you, like we started the agency in 2011 in December. So we're we're almost like nine completed years here. I think the more you try things and then have a result or an experience from doing something, you... Just have like these, oh, or these like aha moments. And it helps you plan and position things for the future. Uh, some of it is very like putting yourselves in the right position in order to be successful. And some of it is if you're not doing this every day, then this will happen in 60 days without a doubt. And it just becomes obvious the more you do it. So I think that's, that's been interesting. I'm, I feel like always a little bit more mellow and calm or seemingly calm because I'm like so confident in my team and my business partner is incredible and he really takes like the heavy lifting of like operating the agency and working with the team. And I could rattle off like a hundred different things that he does on a daily basis that I personally wouldn't be able to do. Like I have the easiest job ever. I just get to like talk about the agency and uh, make sure that we're engaging properly with clients and things are a good fit. And he does all of the, the stressful work I always tell him. But I, I feel like knowing where everyone stands and having open conversations and critiquing each other all the time, both the team and my business partner has kind of helped us get to a situation where we like know what has to be done in order to hit our goals and i think the first time we did that we were like okay we got this like this is happening we can do this like nothing is stopping us
1: right on um, that's a beautiful note to wrap up on, Mike. I'm I'm fired up. I'm going to take some stuff from this. I'm sure the audience will as well. Uh, if folks want to, I think at the very least, they should check out your website just to kind of see the, the work that you guys do. Uh, but what are all the digital coordinates that you'd want to point people towards to learn more and connect?
0: Definitely our website. It's humor.rocks. It's H-U-E-M-O-R dot. And then the word rocks is our main website. We have like this really cool resource blog that we put together that has a ton of like long form articles and guides for people to just go and learn things about e-commerce and branding and systems and stuff like that. And that's just insights.humor.rocks.
1: Right on. So tell me about the, the URL structure because I don't, I don't know a lot about websites and this looks different than how we've arranged our website. So like tell me about the insights dot before your kind of standard URL. How's that work?
0: Um, So we had our blog under our main URL and then we wanted extra tracking capabilities. So we've rebuilt it on HubSpot, which allows us to see like behavioral tracking from like a lead generation standpoint. But with the way that the internet has evolved, you can change the ending of your website structure, which is cool. And we also, I think it took us five years to acquire humor.com because someone just had it, and we had to win it in like a bid. So um, yeah, it was it was a, a little bit of a technical thing. Try to get some like brand fun in there.
1: Right on. Well, I want everyone to check that out. It's linked in the show notes. People can either find that in the podcast app where they're listening to this, or at goingdeepwitherin slash podcast for this and every episode of the show. Uh, before I let you go, Mike, I want to give you the mic one more time to issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience.
0: Thanks. I love this. I always love these at the end of the podcast. I think that at the age that I'm at and my business partner, both 30, I feel like you should try to do something that makes you uncomfortable. It doesn't matter how old you are or what else you have going on. If there's something that you've always wanted to do or learn or try, like now is the best time to do it. You can learn anything you want from the internet and I just feel like you shouldn't let anything hold you back personally, whether it's people's views or if you feel like you can't learn or accomplish something.
1: Yeah. I think that the trying stuff new is so important to keep you from calcifying. And it's easy to like think, oh, that you know won't happen to me. But like everyone, you know, they get a little stiffer. They get a little kind of more rigid as, as time goes by. And at the very least mentally, you're, you're keeping things fresh and learning something new. So I dig that
0: yeah it's it's definitely something that we've tried to live by and has helped us a lot and it's okay to be uncomfortable so uh embrace it it's it's helpful and perspective is huge as well
1: right on well mike thank you so much for coming on the podcast man i really thanks enjoyed for talking. having
0: it, yeah. me thanks for having me i i love all of the other podcasts and everyone's insights i feel like it's super helpful so yeah
1: well thank you everyone out there for listening we just went deep with mike cleary hope everyone out there has a fantastic day
0: Se Hey, thank
1: you so much for listening to the end of my conversation with Mike. There are a ton of other great interviews, particularly another one that's relevant is a conversation recently with Ben Wilson of Rivers Agile. He's also built a multi-million dollar agency and talks about not only how he's done it, but how he is navigating through the COVID pandemic. We've got great episodes every single week on this show. If you're not subscribed, you're making a mistake. Do it. Hit subscribe right now. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.